Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at UTHDynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Welcome to Under the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons, looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. Got a future topic this week, doldrums of the summer, but always a good chance to learn, refine that toolbox as a Dynasty owner. So put out on Twitter this week, what is your most regrettable Dynasty trade so far this year? What did you learn? What did you learn? I always think about that singing uh, singing montage they had in the office. Um, but some got some really good answers. And again, I always think refining and learning from those experiences that did not go well, whether it's dynasty trading, whether it's decisions you're making on the clock, how are you approaching startup drafts, rookie drafts, the waiver wire, can we get a little better every year? Maybe you're picking one of those things. I think trading, as I've mentioned, is the best way to get better because A, you need to trade in Dynasty. There's going to be times where you want to acquire players, the market value changes, you're going to need something, and you need your help from your league mates. You got to get a deal done. Could be selling a player, could be buying a player. And the other part is, think of the calendar year in Dynasty. So you have your startup draft. So we talk about startup draft, and it's very important. It sets the table, but it happens once. The event happens once, and yes, it creates your entire roster in your entire landscape of the league's history. Rookie draft, eh, that happens every year. Waiver wire, yeah, happens uh, for, for quadrants of the year. I would say probably about half the year, right? I mean, you got four months or so in season, and then you've got maybe another two or three months of the rest of the year that it's open to some degree. And it's relatively, I would say a lot of it is benign stakes. Uh, some good things come out of it, but a lot of times we're just, uh, we're, we're hoping, we're searching uh, to find something of value. And then the, the part that's open the most of the year in a typical dynasty league is trading. So that's why I think avoiding the catastrophic, and that's really what, you know, what's your worst trade? What did you learn? So we're gonna go through some of that. Uh, One of the first responses was actually uh, not, I don't think uh, if it was in the last 12 months, then that is, uh, that's definitely something to uh, further analyze. But uh, Dynasty Doggo says, Matt Forte and a first for Eddie Lacy. So that obviously was quite some time ago. I think Forte got off to a slow start. If I was imagining, it might be after their rookie season or something. Um, And so there's a theme. I looked through a few of these trades already for a couple thematic elements. And one of them is in line with the thing that I eradicated years ago. I believe it was 2000 and maybe 16, 17, 15 through 18. Like it was very early in my Rolodex of of tracking dynasty trades. And it really is like, I'm going to quote unquote upgrade at running back. Like uh, running back is volatile, finding the injury, finding the workload, uh, you know, getting the the touchdown opportunities, having a, a good enough team dynamic to fuel opportunities, all these things that go into that, that are very difficult to project, by the way, offensive line play, like all these things. And so when you pay a first plus a player, and, and the thing I think of is these are both second round picks. So they're, they're both second round picks. They were of similar draft classes, which means relatively close in their career arc. You weren't trading a 28-year-old and a first for a 23-year-old. 
So that is something where you're buying years with that first round pick. Um, so I, I have back in the, the Rolodex, back in the cupboard, the dark corners with spider webs that I don't want to go in of my dynasty past, but I do. I open that up to be instructive and share those stories. So many of them are overpaying or paying. This might have been in season as well that when you buy running backs, you buy running backs and you don't draft them in rookie drafts and get them off the waiver wire or get them as add-ons to deals. Paying a first plus forte for Eddie Lacy is not an add-on. That is not an add-on price. That is going out, acquiring him and saying, you will be my answer, Eddie Lacy, who hopefully doesn't weigh 260 pounds for kickoff of the following season. All right, that's a lot. That's a lot on the first one. So let's go to the second one. This is from D-Pandemic Clay. For me, it was the trade I didn't make or accept uh, so far in the early months. Several months ago, Cam Akers was um, in a value bubble, and I declined getting two seconds for him. Instead, he tried to get a first, and it killed the deal. I'd like to say bye to Akers for two seconds all day now. And I would ask, what, what's really changed? I'm fine with you wanting to, to shed that, especially in Superflex, if you get a couple seconds, I think that's fine. Uh, I, I think one key thing to come out of this is, if you view a player as not going anywhere, like Akers is not going to make a difference to my roster at any point. I don't think the upside's there. I'm skeptical. And you know what? The value that I see right now may not perpetuate into the future. It may not be there by the next off season. Whatever timetable you want to put on it, I'm fine selling. And you say, I'm shopping, I'm shopping. And I think, you know, whether it's now or in two weeks, this is the best. I don't want to chance it. I don't want a chance going into the season. I get all that. But I don't think Acres is this, you have to run for the door. So I don't think this is that bad on the whole scale of regrettable, did I, did I do it? Did I not do it? Do I regret it? Type uh, scales. And so I, I think you should have pushed for a first. I think for first is possible and plausible. The one thing I would say is maybe you didn't try a second to a first because they were willing to give two seconds and you would have given a second and pushed to get a first. So I would say if you wanted a first, you also may circle back. Again, add to your side to get what you want. So if you wanted more than a second, then make make more than one counter offer. So I wonder, did it really kill the deal? Did he say, I can't, I'm so insulted that you would possibly do that. That's it. Deals off. Trades off. I'm going away. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. My ball was anything that you thought you were going to get for value for cam makers. I don't, I'll say uh, just to quibble here and push back and interrogate. I don't think the, that, that, that window and that trade and possibilities there are gone for you, uh, Clay. Next one. This is uh, traded Michael Pittman, a 23 first, a 24 first, and Alec Pierce for Mark Andrews. And uh, yeah, for Mark Andrews, essentially. So two first and Alec Pierce for Mark Andrews in 1.5 tight end premium. The only regret is letting both firsts go. Not going to do that again. And I would say, I mean, if this is FFPC, for example, he didn't say, but probably isn't uh, from Dan, that... I think this is an environment where that's a palatable price. If that was your only fix, sorry, if that was your only position where you go, ah, I don't have a difference maker, then I think it's a perfectly fine price to pay. Alec Pierce, he's a throw in, doesn't really matter. It would be better if this was two PPR, but the price might be go, go step off, bro. Like I'm not giving you Mark Andrews. That might've been the answer in two PPR or start two. Now 1.5, I get it, but man, he's... The perfect combination, as I say it, of his profile so far, his age, uh, you know, and just looking at every, the whole profile of what he's done and showing an elite peak, uh, his situation where he's basically the wide receiver one for his team, 
And you can say that about Kelsey. You can say that about Andrews. You can't really say that about anybody else. So it's a small marketplace and he's five plus years younger than Kelsey. Again, I think it's fine. If those are late picks, you're going to be just fine. If it's a start one, you're going to be just fine. So I, I wouldn't say, you know, maybe you could have haggled a little bit more, but getting him for a first and then a second Pierce, whatever you want to throw together. I don't know if that's getting it done, Dan. Next one. Uh, hog sauce says, uh, not sure if I'll regret it, but gave Nick Bosa for Travis Etienne and Kevon Thibodeau. He needed running back and he also felt pretty deep at defensive line. A lot of times in IDP, I know Nick Bosa is a monster, but a lot of times it doesn't matter that much unless it's super deep. I'm in some that are full IDP where you're starting 11 guys. You're starting as many or more than on offense. And yeah, you know, that, that blue chipper on defense can really hurt you. I'm not the biggest let's buy Travis Etienne right now fan, um, but I think you have a, a decent shot of this working out. I think Thibodeau also changed positions, um, so that might be to linebacker. So that's eh, whatever. Uh, but anyway, I think I think IDP the depth is really the thing that matters here. That if it's you know you start five six D, uh, IDPs and the scoring isn't crazy, like you're you're fine. Like and actually that's a good deal. Um, so again, but the whole needing running back and trading for it this way, just throw a few more roster spots at it. I wouldn't like, I usually don't make big trades getting running backs. That's one giant lesson I've learned over the years. This is from nothing, or I should say at Vic Shimmy. He traded DK Metcalf and a first for Garrett Wilson. Uh, he he's learned in general to gauge tears better. I hope. Um, so that's a really instructive one because, and this is one when I first glanced through the, the trades to discuss on this week's show. I was like, this This is one where you talk about profiles. And Garrett Wilson, again, he's already being valued at like wide receiver three, four prices. There's not really anywhere to go from there. He finished at wide receiver 31 as a, an adjusted points per game as a rookie. That's very good. You're on the success track. But you're not a guy that like, you know, Jalen Waddle was wide receiver 14 in year one. Justin Jefferson was wide receiver 10. Jamar Chase was wide receiver five. These are stronger level success track players. Mike Evans was wide receiver 14. So he's in that next bucket where some make it to the, the next and elite group and some don't. And Garrett Wilson right now got the quarterback upgrade. We know he finished wide receiver 31 with not a lot of quarterback help. But DK Metcalf, just to put this in perspective, DK Metcalf has three of his four seasons in the NFL better than what Garrett Wilson had as a rookie. Wide receiver six, 20, and 22, his last three years alone. He's 25 years old. He's in his prime. He's an alien in terms of his size and movement. Geno Smith worked out last year. Yeah, they drafted Jackson Smith in the Jigba. Yeah, they have Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf innately himself is good. 1.95 yards per route run for his career. And so again, Garrett Wilson might be better, could improve and have a giant massive top five breakout season. But the point is DK Metcalf has a longer sample size of being better in the NFL. And to say, I mean, Geno Smith might be good for Seattle longer than Aaron Rodgers is good for the giant, for the, for the jets. Oh, I can't believe he said that. And you're pay, here's the biggest problem. You're paying a first on top of it. So when you're greasing the wheels, you better, like, I, I always do it this way. Like, I always talk about the first round pick. You better get somebody with that first because you can get an outright uh, starter at wide receiver in a stock format to just, just pay a first. Like, you can pay a later first for Deontay Johnson, and you're getting someone you can put in your lineup. 
and to to pay a first to upgrade from a guy that is very high like i have dk metcalf in my top 10 dynasty wide receivers i know the market doesn't but i do and to pay to move up it better be for jefferson or chase it better be and here it's not the odds that garrett wilson goes all the way up and gets in that tier and again those guys were there the moment they got on the field pretty much right away and and they did elite things as a rookie Garrett Wilson did not. Garrett Wilson is the flash that you say, I hope he takes a massive step forward, but it's assumptive. It has not happened. So there's a lot of risk on this one. And I agree that this is one that learning a valuable lesson. I like to use those first to get a premium quarterback in Superflex. If it's premiums with tight end, I'm open to giving a first for that, but be very selective at running back and wide receiver on who is in that group that you would spend a first plus something else to end up moving up. Matt, next up, he said, last week, last year in week five, when uh, Leonard Fournette was on a tear, I traded Calvin Ridley, which I'm assuming he was out at that time or not productive because it was either one or the other last year. So it was Ridley in a second for uh, uh, Leonard Fournette, and that was in Superflex. He won the title. It was in spite of Fournette, um, but the trade was awful. I learned to not acquire playoff push running backs. Well, you made it in week five, I would say. So playoff push is usually a little later than that, maybe a month later. So A, A, he says he learned to not make the uh, playoff push running back move until later in the season, and there's no need to fill fill out your playoff lineup that early. Agree on both accounts. (laughs) You want to be a lot closer to knowing your options. I already discussed acquiring running backs in general via trade. I don't think it's a great idea uh, in the top three or four topics or ways that you would say, all right, dynasty trade time. What am I looking to do? How you would construct things? It's not in that top bucket of what you should be looking to accomplish. And then the other part is you better get, you know, you traded a second in Superflex. You traded Ridley when you knew he was going to be on ice. It was going to take a while. He might be changing teams. Like there were so many variables in the timetable for Ridley to get his value back. And obviously, uh, obviously Fournette's had a bad run right now where you say he's still unemployed. But you know what? This might work out. If, he's a, if Leonard Fournette is to the point where he's starting games for you this year, I think it's okay. But right, you know, the timing, the running back part. I, was all, I would also say this. It stems back to one of the key UTH parts, which is so week five, week six, you were light enough at running back to say, I got to go get Leonard Fournette. And I got to pay Ridley in a second. Like I, I would just go, I, I don't understand how you're that week where you go, I got to get the running back. I got to trade for a running back right here. And then trading a player that's out. Again, I get that concept. Oh, Ridley's out for the year. I can get something for him. I can get something that helps me right now. But I would say if you construct your roster in the right way, you're not going to feel super light at running back almost ever. And that weak moment, you're going to say, well, I'm just going to roll these eight backups I have. And one of them is probably going to start next week because of the way injuries work around the NFL water cooler. So that's one of the bigger things is just letting time be on your side with uh, with, with running back injuries. Got another one here. Uh, this is a, a really old school one, 2017, uh, from the NFFAEL dynasty traded a rookie Mike Williams and two seconds. I'm assuming that is, yeah, that, I guess that would be the, the chargers, Mike Williams, Mike Williams and two seconds for Jordy Nelson before the start of the 2017 season didn't go well. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So you were probably buying an older guy. You traded a guy with strong pedigree plus two seconds. So yes, again, that's, we, we always talk about getting, uh, veteran wide receivers. We love them. We love the profiles, but getting them on the cheap, 
getting them, you know, like right now you, you like you say, who's cheap, who can I buy for a second? You know, at most a late first. And this is Mike Williams, uh, you know, who was coming in strong pedigree plus two seconds. It's just a lot of juice. It's a lot of risk. You're giving up three for one where you're hoping for one or two good years. Yes. No. I mean, so you got to be careful. That's why I like buying Lockett or Evans or uh, Deontay Johnson or Tyler Lockett. Like you just, you're paying less price than this. And so, and the other part is, uh, yeah, like you said, before the start of the season. So you didn't even wait to see Jordy Nelson. Oh, does he look the same? Is he still good? Is he healthy? All those types of variables. Uh, a couple more here to close. And this is from Prison Mike talking about one quarterback FFPC deals. Uh, didn't feel good about these afterwards. So you got, uh, this was back uh, a few months ago. We got before the NFL draft, we've got Keenan Allen and 104 for Juju Schuster, Tony Pollard, and a second. So this is basically for Tony Pollard, 104, which is a premium pick. You don't know how the NFL draft is going to fall. I meant you get the two running backs up in the top uh, two or three picks. So you're looking at a choice round one wide receiver plus Keenan Allen for Tony Pollard. Again, that could work out, but the 104 has a lot of liquidity. And that's the thing. You trade that pick before the draft and you traded it for a, a running back. You traded Keenan Allen at a low point, right? I mean, uh, April through June is not really the time to trade away an older player. You want them to be back. You want them to be at least have some buzz. Oh, this is the wide receiver one for the Chargers, you know, in, in, uh, in August. Or guess what? You want them starting games for you in September. And if you fall out of it, maybe you make a deal. Um, but yeah, uh, that that's the first trade here that he mentioned. And then another one, he's got trading uh, Justin Herbert and 110 for Darren Waller, Kyler Murray, and 107, essentially. So you're moving up just a little bit. It's one quarterback, so 7 to 10 is probably not that big of a deal. Uh, maybe 107 gets you, I'm trying to think, 107 could get you in to get the last is it Zay Flowers, you know, round one wide receiver. That's where 10 to seven would, would work out profile wise. Um, but going Herbert to Kyler Murray, uh, you are getting Waller. I feel fine about this one. So I don't even think this one is in the same ballpark as the other one. Um, you know, start one. So lower stakes, Kyler Murray has strong upside, but yeah, the, the thing is if he's not on IR eligible, you're burning a roster spot in a shallow format for some time in the future. But I think Waller could make this okay. I think if you got one of those round one wide receivers going from 10 to seven overall, then that works out as well. Um, so this one, I don't hate it. Um, I get the idea of it and it could work out. Now Waller has some risk. Kyler Murray, how much is he going to give you this year as a start one and you could burn a spot. So that hurts you in the shallow format. So all those things would be uh, instructive comments that I would have. And again, this is about learning from others. Uh, I talked about acquiring running backs in about half the trades, right? So you got to be really careful. And, and I think two or three of them, folks are being too hard on themselves or they had a really great dynasty trade uh, trading year, which is also good news. Um, I want to mention some of the new content over at UTHDynasty.com. A uh, recent series just finished. It got me back in the game after a little mini, you didn't notice it with content production, but I was on vacation for about a week, uh, first time in a decade. Um, but coming back out of it, I needed to get back in touch with the dynasty trade market and talk about those angles, five instructive dynasty trades series. So one, each one, uh, focuses on five deals, uh, specifically at each skill position. So looking at quarterbacks in a premium format, looking at, uh, buying or selling running backs as the central point in another show wide receivers. And then finally tight ends. 
so again, that always dials me back in. I love to do it at least once a month. Another series that is just coming out as you're listening to this is a startup auction. Yes, auction, war room and interrogation room series. I did it with UTH subscriber and super fan and now friend, uh, Frank. Uh, hope to meet him in person uh, as we uh, travel the country a little bit over the next uh, couple of years. And so uh, Frank came on, we recorded a war room for this auction for him coming up initial dynasty team build. It was three weeks ago, at least, uh, it was earlier in the summer. And then, uh, he finished up a lot, his live auction, and we were able to get together and interrogation room style discuss, uh, a lot of things, uh, that, that went on with his auction. I love to talk mechanics and tactics and strategy beyond the players and the prices. Cause that will change year to year and draft and draft. So that is out. You're getting uh, two huge, massive strategy dump shows where you get to hear what what our, our plan was, talking it through, and then actually how Frank executed his auction. Also, starting it and getting us through now uh, the month of July and into early August, I took on a massive project. Every NFL team is going to get a feature show looking at yards per route run and this instructive series from not just last year, but looking at the, the themes and the trends for these teams and projecting ahead and really providing a different look of analysis than a lot of the stuff I do at UTH. I think it's going to be something that I want to do right after the offseason, uh, right after the season, maybe a January, February type look back uh, where we can look ahead and it might look at some instructive things for free agency, the NFL draft, team needs, etc. And then also wanted to mention at UTH Patreon. Uh, I just, I just recorded a, a show today that is Deandre Hopkins to Tennessee. Uh, so you get a full dynasty breakdown. I have a couple key takeaways, uh, from that deal that looks imminent, even though it's not officially signed, the, the, the pen is still wet, but it's looking like it's going to happen. We talked last week on the main weekly feature show with Tim Torch dynasty startup strategy. So you get to hear us talk about it here. It's a perfect time. These next, uh, three, four weeks to get yourself into a startup draft if you are so inclined. And then finally, a VIP session that it's only for the all pro or hires, uh, higher tiers, the guys that are uh, the folks that are in the VIP chat, which is thriving over 100 people large uh, with some of the best dynasty session and they're the most dominant dynasty owners on the planet. And I, I talked about uh, uh, questions from I take questions from that VIP chat and put them into VIP only shows. And this was how do you basically look at a quarterback going from unproven to proven? Uh, what kind of thresholds are you looking for? Who fits the bill? How long does it take? Uh, and why should we, we should be skeptical? All these angles from the quarterback profile perspective. And that's over at patreon.com slash UTH. And frankly, if you still got some rookie drafts going on, you get a free draft board. Uh, you, sorry, not free draft board. You do get one of those, but you get a free rookie draft guide for the 2023 cycle here. And so that is with a sign up for even one month you're going to get access to those uh, to that draft guide, 30 plus pages, all the Excel sheets that you need to understand, digest uh, for any rookie drafts you still have left or startup drafts where you're going to be drafting some rookies as well. So that's patreon.com slash UTH. Thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, I actually have a special guest coming on for a UTH show. I haven't decided. Is it going to be the weekly show next week? Is it going to be a premium show? Teaser is probably going to be a premium show, but I've got Scott who I actually got to meet. He's from Canada. Got to meet him in Arizona. Long story there um, on the UTH Riverboat Tour in 2023 here, but he's 
he's a poker player. Uh, he, and he had a lot of ideas, a lot of concepts that we're going to break down that some connections and some takeaways and how you can learn maybe from the poker game between dynasty and dynasty to poker, etc. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation myself. Personally, I always say, you know, if you're a listener, if you're a super fan, if you're a subscriber and you have a topic could be NFL could be college. Uh, I've said before, if you just follow an, uh, a college program, and you just want to talk about the the Devi prospects and and all of that from that team and just get geeky. Let's do it. You know, whatever your wheelhouse is. Some people, it's like, hey, I wanted to talk about uh, you know a certain NFL team. I wanted to talk about in this instance, Scott is going to talk to me about poker. Um, I've actually got something lined up potentially uh, on the the more fun side. Uh, I met someone out in, uh, in in real life on vacation that we might talk Star Wars. I know one percent of what he knows, and I think it would be a fun dialogue of just chat asking all the the silly questions that he has um uh, the the this might be a dumb question like i actually thought that would be like if i did a a second or third podcast that i think this might be a dumb question uh, would be a a good topic because there's so many that i could ask that are dumb questions to folks that are in the know on a particular topic but just know that might be coming down the pipeline as well so looking forward to that dialogue with scott and him sharing his time and talents with uh, with poker. And, and again, just uh, comparing different topics that I think you always learn. Like I always do that. We do that segment with uh, with Jordan on the Dynasty Think Tank where it's, you know, the, the connection between life and dynasty. And I, I think there's all these little micro moments and micro topics that come up where you see the parallels, you see the learning points, and you see how it all connects together. So we'll be doing that about poker coming up. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing, rating, reviewing. Uh, and again, if you, if I, I will say they have a trial now over at Patreon. So if you're looking to just kick the tires, you can listen to all those weekly shows you want. Go back. You're listening to me. You're listening to Tim Torch and just get a sense uh, of what you're getting. You're getting more than that, but that's at least getting you in the uh, peeking through the keyhole and getting you in the door for some content at Patreon. They now have the trial and I've had a few people uh, use that optionality to, uh, to dip your toe in the water. And again, uh, on pace, like uh, I'm starting to segment. It's almost like dynasty, uh, premium content chapters because on pace are over 500 premium shows at UTH alone this year with, uh, breaking things out into little chunks that are five, 10, 15 minutes instead of these gargantuan 40 minute shows. So it's more easily findable on the content side for you, the consumer. So just know I'm thinking about you. Uh, I'm trying to make this as easy as possible on any mobile device you see fit. Never been a better time to sign up and get ready for this uh, runway that we have, the on-ramp to the highway that is going to be the 2023 NFL and Dynasty season. I'm Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, keep building those dynasties.